Happy St. Patrick's Day, guy. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Fuck St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're all sitting here, and our Guinnesses are mostly empty. Mostly because gone. Because we recorded for about 20 minutes, and the SD card decided it no longer wanted to do SD card things. So we're going to start over. So we lost all that. Um, one thing we did forget to mention the first time around is that this is our anniversary, as best we can tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that. How, yeah. how did you come up with that? Um, if you look on SoundCloud, or not even SoundCloud, if you look on our list of tracks on a podcast app, our first one came out two years ago. Came out on St. Patrick's Day. came out Day. on St. Patrick's Day. Two, 2019, two three, years three years ago. Three years. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. We took a year off. Like, like this podcast, in which facts don't matter and the truth is relevant. Time does not exist. Oh yeah, time is made up and does not exist. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of things that we are wrong about, <laughs> so so many things, uh, so very many things. The Oldsmobile. That we were talking about last week. We yeah. had just about every technical detail wrong on it. Only because, uh, and I, I feel like we just did an hour on this, and I'm, I'm so mad. Your concept of time is very weird. I know, but I don't like to be wrong in the first place, and so having to admit it is like a like a huge like um, um, character flaw, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so now I'm having to do it again, and it's just like, could I be any more vulnerable? <laughs> uh, so when I... Uh, in the last episode, I very wrongly stated that the car had a V6, the dual overhead game V6, which I knew was not true. I, when I saw the car, I was aware of the fact that it was a W41, which is the hot cam quad four, four cylinder, uh, with the SCX like arrow kit, basically. That was like the two door fast looking version of that car. Um, but the point remains that that exact combination of packages, the SCX W41 manual transmission on the like uh, A or C body platform website forum, whatever that chassis is, which I don't recall at the time, at this time, there is a registry of those Achieva SCX W41s, and of that registry, only five of them are manual transmissions. So the point remains that it is an incredibly rare car, despite how wrong about it I was on the last recording. <sighs> Feel better? No, because now <laughs> I have to admit that I was also wrong about the fact that the VQ37HR that came in the G37 that I had bought was not an interference motor, because it is, uh, although... In all of the scenarios where I had worked on VQ motors that had jump time, it was only by, like, apparently one or two teeth or not enough teeth to matter uh, as, as far as, like, piston-to-valve contact, yeah, right? Because right. um, I have, I've done at least 10, like, chain and camshaft gear uh, uh, actuator kits working oh. on uh, in that independent shop that I worked at. Oh, okay. For a while, yeah, because um, the guides are a very common failure in that gotcha. early yeah, yeah. two thousand or late nineties, early two thousands VQ chain motor. Yep, and it's even in like the the, the VQ it's 40. in the trucks, it's in the um, uh, Maximas, you know, yeah, it was Nissan's V six, so yeah, that family, yeah, um, yeah, so let's we, we did. We also need to talk about our 
project car updates. Uh, we don't have to go in the same order as last. Well, that time. was no, his, we that don't. was his. Yeah, My, mine is also short. So. Oh well, you didn't. What what happened to that G thirty seven? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, well, I was I was just trying to say that like you had several very interesting facts that you had read off about the hot cam. Oh. Quad four. I'm glad that which, you thought those were interesting. Like literally nobody else cares about. No, I, but I, 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 I really like the quad four actually because it became the e- EcoTech engine. Yeah, yeah which, which is, is a, gr- a great like, motor. I mean, arguably, it's a trash motor, but like, it's, it's actually kind of cool. It's a decent. It's it, it is, was probably GM's best motor besides the LS, obviously. Yeah, but you yeah, know, it's, it was a great four cylinder reliable and yeah you know. well i will see again reliable is like mechanically reliable electronically i mean yeah. even mechanically though like it was literally like volkswagen i'm sorry chevy's volkswagen oh really where like you could flip a coin and honestly what it really boiled down to was maintenance if you were bad about it it was a bad engine but if you kept up with it it could it was really a pretty good motor and it was turbocharged and supercharged, and came as a 2.0, 2.4, Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> in, in the in the Saturn that I had, in the L two hundred Saturn, that that car alone had the quote hot cam version of that oh, of that motor of the Ecotech. <laughs> yeah, all right. It, it was surprisingly rev happy. It was, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. It was a good motor. I liked it. It was a whole like six horsepower difference or something yeah. like that, but. So back to the uh, the quad four that's in the Achieva. The this is specifically the W forty one, right? Well, the 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 Achieva SCX has the LG zero version. Oh, okay. And then the W forty one pack, it adds the W forty one version of that engine, which is a ah. slightly hotter cam. It's basically the same motor with a, a little bit more reviness to it, and then like five more horsepower. It's not a huge difference. Um, but it's a 2.3 liter dual overhead cam four cylinder makes 190 horsepower iron block aluminum head eventually was replaced by the ecotech line but the fun part is from 89 to 2009 the quad four held the title of being general motors most powerful naturally aspirated production four cylinder engine other than the truck 2.9 atlas engine uh which was an azusu motor and doesn't count because it was such a garbage engine sure uh, only recently was the Quad 4 W41 uh, eclipsed when in 2010 the 2.4 liter Ecotech LAF uh, came out in the Buick LaCrosse and Chevy Equinox, which had 182 horsepower, um, which actually is less than the... That's confusing. I, I think Wikipedia did not read that very well uh, when they posted that. but. Yeah, the Quad 4 is a good motor. It was cool. Pretty sick for the 90s at the time. And apparently, once again, the facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. Because it was going based off of the WG0 version, not the W41 version. Oh, I for see. That, for that Interesting. Because okay. the W41 made 190, which is more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Also, the line is, the truth doesn't matter and the facts are made up. Just. Oh, is that what it just is? Just FYI. Right, it's fine. I see. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so this you. is your this is your cue to wake up. From the fact that you're sleeping right now and this and listening, because no to one podcast. cares, nobody about cares about any of the things that we just said. <laughs> so I sold the G37. You did? I did. I sold it because uh, I did find out uh, through the 804 Nissan page on Facebook that the again the VQ is is an interference motor and the degree 
of which mine was out of time, uh, that which was apparent on the scan tool, uh, it probably had had valve to piston contact, and I didn't necessarily want to put an engine in it. Uh, and so in the conversations that I was having about what I should do with the engine, somebody offered me twice as much as I paid for it. And so I said, uh, I will meet you here and you can come get it. Uh, without ever having looked at it, besides the time that I looked at it with the scan tool, which is when, at which point it was not mine, yet. So after I bought it, I literally did not touch it and doubled my profit. My, oh, right. Doubled my investment. That's pretty good. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you also you did a you did a thing or two to the fit. You put you put some bracing. In? I did, as a matter of fact. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Can you uh, yeah. Tell so me about last that? Saturday, last Saturday, I spent. Um, uh, well, so last Saturday, I spent two hours at the DMV dealing with the G thirty seven title, and then I went and spent probably a solid six or seven hours. Uh, I replaced the clutch and all of the hydraulic system. Uh, including the master cylinder, which was a, a real pain in the butthole. It's way up in it's there. It's very up in there. Like, even with the transmission out Just of the like car. the butthole. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the butthole. Some attention was very, paid. I paid very particular attention to the butthole <laughs> of the fit. Um, and... Basically, what I can tell you about that is that uh, I don't think that the clutch fluid had ever been serviced, ever. It was like, I mean, think of like, um, what's that malt chocolate drink? Um, Ovaltine. It was like, it was like an Ovaltine, like, sludge. Like, you know, do you guys, did you guys ever drink Ovaltine? Yeah. Okay. So like. Their chocolate malt. Powdery stuff is delicious. I mean, it was good. It was okay, but it never dissolved properly. Ah. So, like, at the bottom of every cup of Ovaltine that you drank was, like, just the thickest... Granules. But it was also the most delicious part of the whole experience. Sure, sure. But that was sure. literally what came out of the line when I pulled the hydraulic system off of it. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> was it, did you ever see the pictures of the fluid that came out of the Cressida when I first got it? No. It was literally growing an ecosystem of algae <laughs> oh, no. inside the master cylinder reservoir. Of the brake system or the clutch system? The brake system. Wow. It was, the master cylinder had algae growing in it because the, the fluid had absorbed so much water. Wasn't Beautiful. Wasn't Pony's truck that way too? I don't recall that, but... It, when I saw that on the crest that I literally literally replaced every single component in the braking system. Yeah. yeah. I remember you doing that. So that's what I did to the clutch system on the fit last weekend. Um, and I guess it, that, I mean, that dramatically changed the way the car behaves in every way. Like it revs more easily, like all the way through the RPMs. Like I have consistent power. Um, you just resurfaced the old flywheel. I didn't even touch the flywheel. But I did, I never noticed that the clutch was at, like the revs never like slipped, but right around like five or six thousand RPM, I would just lose power. And now I have, <laughs> I guess now I have like really consistent power all the way up to about seventy five hundred, you know, eight thousand RPM. Does it rev that high? Not really. <laughs> it's not. You know, the red line I think is like seven thousand. Okay. But um, anyways, so now. Like, I really want to do the whole brake system. Um, I mean, I, fl- I flushed the brakes a year ago because it was right before Hyperfest. 
which actually came up in my memories, I think, yesterday. Is that right? Hyperfest was... Last year. Last year, Hyperfest was in October. It was in October. Oh, what am I thinking of then? It would have been at least two years ago, because they didn't have it in 2020. We'll delete this section. So now I want How to... How long have you had that car? Not that long. Not that long. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I don't know. Okay, cool. I was not thinking of the fact that it was in October at all. I've literally only had that car since like August. Yeah, maybe July. that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So I saw a D- picture. Disregard. I saw a picture. Yeah, yeah, and then and then also like two weeks ago, uh, the the last chassis brace that I had ordered when I first got the car finally <laughs> came in from Japan. Uh, Supply chain the, is real. That's the, what I, that's what I saw a picture of. Kuzco um, control arm, like what subframe brace or whatever. Yeah, it's like a triangulation brace kind of thing. Basically, yeah, yeah. Because the subframe is kind of like where the control arms hang off of the subframe is just kind of like dangling out in front of the subframe subarus are the same way with the rear yeah, yeah. the rear attachment point for the front control arms correct uh, so i did that thing and then do you notice a difference at all yeah well i mean not in the way the car handles but again in the way the car drives and the way the clutch works yeah it's very very significant toy, toy like a toyger toy, toy like a toyger that's exciting i bought tires mm. An underrated yet very important part of yeah stuff. yeah for real I I ended up getting the Hankook Dynapro AT2 RF11s ah <laughs> I did it that time <laughs> uh, uh they were cheapest on Amazon is basically the summation of that story I've got them on my Forerunner I I, I like them yeah yeah uh, I took the wheels off I uh, hated every second of it um getting the car up on jack stands in the gravel is terrible uh yeah. So yeah, it is far from ideal for sure. Yeah, Indeed. yeah. I wish that I could have moved it to the concrete pad. I was going to ask you why you didn't. Uh, I am confident that it would not, that it probably would not have moved. Uh, one of the tires was so flat that like it did not return to round when I took the wheel. Off. <laughs> like it, 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 they are they are very dry rotted and mm. yeah, impressive. So yeah, uh, gonna get those mounted sometime soon. Hopefully, the tires should be arriving tomorrow. Uh, I just got it. Th- I was expecting them today, but tomorrow it is. Uh, I feel like there was something else, but I don't remember. Not important. Anyways, that's my update, Jordan. So I don't remember how much detail I went into on the Civic last episode, but I bought a Civic with the intention of doing some maintenance on it and flipping it for a profit. Um, And that's been going well so far, except the last thing I need to be able to get an inspection on this vehicle is to clear the check engine, or not check engine, the airbag light, which is being caused by the driver's side seatbelt buckle, which is on, it's free from Honda for a lifetime warranty, but they don't exist. And Honda doesn't know when they're going to get more. It's been on order for a week. Um, I called back today just to double check on it, or yesterday, and they were like, yeah, Honda doesn't know when we're getting more. So could be tomorrow, could be six months from now. So I'm And you're also probably like the 50th person in line. Yeah. So I tried doing some of the little DIY things that the forums said might work, didn't work. 
Um, so probably either this weekend or next weekend, I'm going to try to go to Chesterfield Auto Parts and pick up a bunch of junkyard ones and see if I can get one of those to work. Um, if so, I can sell the car and pay off my credit card, which would be great. Um, other than that, the MR2 started making a weird noise from the transmission, I thought. So I drained the fluid. Fluid looks perfect. Um, so I, then I, when I was under there, I happened to see that one of the CV boots on one of the axles is throwing grease. So ordered CV boots to rebuild that axle because you can't replace them. Um, they don't exist anymore for the supercharged cars. That is unfortunate. So I get to take the, the ball and cage yeah. style CV apart, repack it with grease, put it back together. Done it before. It's not the worst thing in the world once you figure it out. <coughs> it's just very messy. Yeah. Um, so that's currently on jack stands. Uh, the Corolla, I have been in contact with Glenn at Delta V to set up an appointment to get that thing aligned for the first thing in first time in like three or four years. Um, so that'll be good. Really needs it really bad. Uh, so hopefully I can get that done in the next week or two. It'll be ready for whatever event. I can't sign up for any more events because I don't have the money because I still have the civic. So once the civic is sold, I can sign up for another event. Um, but right now it's just grid life in July is the only thing I actually have. Which is cool. But that is a frustrating issue. Um, not being able to sell a project car or, yeah. or you know I I had have been trying to sell the CRV for many months. Have you been like actively trying to sell that thing? Yes, I, I get I get at least ten messages a week about that thing. Um, well, I did. I, I ended up selling it last week. Finally, oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. did you get a an, a decent sum for it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, I got. I was asking fifteen for it. Uh, 1500 bucks. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty good deal for that I car. I also agree. Um, it, it did not pass inspection because it had an exhaust leak. Uh, and I had already replaced most of the exhaust components many times. So I was just like done with that. Uh, and then also the guy that I had inspected that last time failed it for the crack in the windshield, which has been the exact same size since I got it and had always passed inspection. And legally, technically, as far as I can decipher the state inspection manual, should have passed. Um, but he was very adamant about it. There's a lot of interpretation uh, about the way cracks will or will not fail in the state inspection manual. I feel like there's a lot of interpretation on a lot of things in the manual. I mean, as far as like suspension plays play goes, no. Because it's... I mean, there's literally, like, exact dial indicator numbers and measurements and crap. Like, it gets, it gets, it gets anally specific in certain areas. Maybe I should and say then very selectively for, enforceable, well, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I suppose that's true. It's just, it's so stupid the way it is very, very specific in, very, in, 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 in certain uh, portions. And then incredibly generic in others, you know. Did you guys see any cool cars recently? We have a Corvette ZR1 in the shop, uh, C7 ZR1 in the shop. First one I've ever seen in person. Nice. Not at the track. Yeah, I saw a, C, a C7 Grand Sport the other day. I sent you guys a picture. Pretty cool. Yeah. The ZR1 is, uh, it's cool. This particular one is a very good example of money does not buy taste. <laughs> Every 
thing is wrapped in fake carbon fiber. Even some real carbon fiber pieces are wrapped in fake. I was gonna say fake. most of that car should be real carbon fiber. No, right? it's just just like the side skirts and a couple of highlights and stuff are carbon fiber, or at least are <laughs> bare are bare carbon. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but okay. like everything that was bare carbon has been wrapped with like this kind of maroon carbon fiber oh, vinyl wrap. No. And then there's like it's a Hennessy twelve hundred car too, which means it'll probably make about six hundred horsepower <laughs> on the dyno because it's Hennessy. Um but like it's 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 awful. It's so bad. Like it's a great car, but it makes me sad. That's very unfortunate. Didn't didn't that car make like over nine hundred from the fact no, that you were wrong about that? I wanna say it's like The Z O six made seven hundred for no, that. No, the Z seven. No, it didn't. No, didn't it? Z, no. Oh. The the Z R one made around seven hundred. Oh. The Z O six is like six hundred ish. I want to say because the C6 ZR1 was a little over 600 horsepower. Oh. Okay. Wait. And that I was think crank I... horsepower. Wheel horsepower is okay. they're not they're not that much. Because like we get C7 Z06s all the time. They the do C... not make 700 horsepower. The C7 Z06 is supercharged, right? Yes, it's yeah. an LT4. And that only makes six hundred. It's it's. I think it's close. It's around six hundred, but like, it's less wheel. It's like mid fives. I want to say wheel horsepower, hmm. if I remember correctly. Like and you can make the, them have you know whatever, but they're not seven hundred horsepower factory cars. Okay, the ZR one is closer to that. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Like the front end is totally different. Like it's it's a, a very different looking C7 from the rest of them. Yeah, but it's a shame that the first one I get to see is very tastelessly modified. That's unfortunate. I saw a uh, Honda Ridgeline Black Edition today, mm. which I didn't know existed. Yeah, um, so good looking. Car. It's it was really cool. Yep. I parked right next to it in the parking lot. Um, it was that like. Uh, matte-ish powder blue color. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I think so. Um, it's kind of the color of that that metal box on the. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, which is great for a podcast. Yeah, but I was it's, gonna say it's, uh, it's like battleship gray with a hint of blue in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's golf blue. Oh, not quite. That is. That mm. it's hard to tell in this. Lighting, that's that's but... golf. There's okay. little, very literally okay. an orange and the blue Honda Ridgeline was not golf blue right. though. Okay. That box is. Are you trying I, to tell I, me that no, box? I, is I, not... I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really cool. It had. Uh, I don't know if they were they were factory, but it had really cool uh, black wheels too. Mm. Um, that were. Uh, hard to even describe they were like truck like wheels right they were like kind of big and blocky and bulky but they weren't like did they have like the fake um beadlock beadlock yeah no oh no. cool good. Uh, that's good I they, hate they, that. yep. yeah it's really terrible they were they were pretty tasteful I, I i liked it a lot um i love the ridge line man i really do me too the, it Both looks generation. really cool yeah I'm a I, big fan when jordan got here I, I had the wikipedia article pulled up it actually might still be up but um there is a whole Wikipedia article for just the second generation Ridgeline, and there's a whole block section in that that is just the differences between the two generations. 
of like oh, wow. in terms of like chassis build. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's wild. So the it's a very interesting technical article. If anybody's actually interested I in actually, I'm interested in the highlights. Can you give us like a, a brief? Well, the in general, like the ridge line, the, even the first gen ridge line Wikipedia article is obscenely long and full of crazy technical detail. Yeah, it of, was. I mean, that car. It was the first of like. It was the first new design that Honda had had for many years. It was very unlike anything else on the road at the time. I mean, the closest yeah. thing to it was a Chevy Avalanche only because it had the slopey C-pillars. Um, but there, I mean, the, the Avalanche was still based on a truck frame. Well, I mean, yes, but it was also like mostly an SUV. I mean, the, you could argue that the Ford uh, Explorer Sport Track was the first of like that SUV slash pickup situation. I also really like how those look too. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. And they came with the the like the five point four Triton. They had a big motor sure. for like a small SUV slash thing. Um for the time that it was new. Wow, that's a high res picture. That's great, isn't it? Literal postage stamp. Um but yeah, the the Ridgeline Wikipedia page. If you really are bored one day, at like three a.m., check it out. That is a a lot of words in that one section that is labeled "difference from the first I'm, generation." I am just saying. Look at it. it yeah, it's it requires insane. multiple scrolls. <laughs> uh, so apparently, and this is this is one of the things that I noticed earlier. Uh, if equipped, so th- this is some. Gen 2 Ridgeline's composite bed components, right? So these are components that are in the bed. If equi- there's a like a rear uh, outlet that you can like plug stuff into, which is cool, you know, but Tacomas have that too. Here, uh, if equipped, the truck bed audio system. What? The backside of each bed panel will have mounted special exciters that turn them into audio speakers. It turns the body panels into speakers? Yeah. What? Uh, if I'm reading this right, this is only on the RTLE, which is the like top of the line. That's the, not a thing, bro. I can't. Bananas, bro. That's not. I'm just telling you. Uh, this just turned the whole quarter panel into a sub. It would turn I the whole so. truck into a speaker. Yeah. I mean, how crazy that is, is that? That is really cool. Dummy cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just I I love those things so much. I wish the first gens I know had some pretty bad transmission pro- problems. Well, all of the V6 transmissions of that yeah. era of Honda's life but I think had this, issues that are like easily identifiable and for the most part fixable. I think the second gens have the new 10 speed though. That's the same as the Odyssey, which is apparently a much better transmission. Yeah, well, the one in the Odyssey is a much better transmission if the Ridgeline also has it, which wouldn't surprise me. Same as the Pilot which I yeah, think yeah. is the same as the Odyssey. And the MDX and the RDX and whatever. whatever. They're freaking cool. I remember, uh, I forget if it was Car and Driver or who, or if it was Edmonds or who, but they did, were doing a comparison between the Nissan Frontier Desert Runner, the Toyota Tacoma TRD Off-Road, and they were doing the comparison between those two trucks and had a Honda Ridgeline as like their camera car slash crew vehicle support vehicle. And like the Ridgeline was able to go everywhere those trucks went. And then when they were going over like the dirt road, like washboard surfaces, the both of the 
the Nissan and the Toyota, like it ruined the Nissan's rear suspension. The Toyota had really bad, like jittery flexy bed problems yeah. in the ridgeline because it doesn't have a solid rear axle just floated over everything. Or a frame in which yeah. the bed and the chassis are, I'm oh, sorry, cab are separate. Yeah. So. It, it just floated right. Yeah. It didn't, it did not care. Freaking cool. I like it a cool. lot. I was, I was looking at those instead of the forerunner for a while, but the prices are way yeah. too high. Yeah. I mean, it is at the end of the day, a Honda. But let me, I mean, people go on and on about like the forerunner premium, like forerunners are way too expensive. They retain their value all and all that. But like, I felt that the Ridgeline was even more so. At least well, in the market segment that I was looking at, the price yeah. range I was looking at. Well, okay. Um, I mean, I feel like the Forerunner and the Ridgeline maybe don't fit into the same category. Like, uh, the Ridgeline is still like a city SUV, really, you know, with, yeah. with a bed on it. Mm-hmm. And the Forerunner is like an actually capable, like, off-road vehicle, right? And I mean, not, not to say that the Ridgeline isn't, but... I mean, realistically, it's, it's, it's not for rock crawling. Exactly. At all. No, but I mean, it's at the same time, like a forerunner is, is a truck for someone who doesn't necessarily want a full on pickup truck. And I feel like the Ridgeline kind of also bridges yeah. that gap a little bit as well. No, way more so. Well, yeah, right. It's, it's a truck for people who don't want a full on truck, but just still mm, need to have, yeah. carry around like people and stuff. Cause it has a, a back row. It's a, it's a full four door mm. thing. I guess what I was trying to say is that in my mind, the Ridgeline would have generally been more like babied as like a city or highway car, whereas the Forerunner would have probably been used in an off-road environment. Possibly. But also, most Forerunners are just used as like soccer mom mobiles anyway. Yeah. Most yeah. most of them. Yeah. So I had this in our... Um, I had this written down for... A couple of weeks ago, actually, um, Ford announced the new Bronco Raptor mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Yep, yep. About a month ago now, I want to say. Um, it's pretty rad. Uh, it's a 400 horsepower, three liter twin turbo V6 from the Explorer ST, which is downpipes and a tune from 500 horsepower. It sure does look cool, too. Yep. 10 speed auto. Comes with the same 37-inch KO2s that the regular F-150 Raptor comes with. It is... <laughs> the normal Bronco is already a pretty big vehicle. It The Bronco Raptor is... Overall width is 9.8 inches wider than a standard Bronco. <laughs> Does it fit in a parking spot? Barely. <laughs> It has so it has this crazy cross brace in like the rear like roof area. Um, it is fifty percent stiffer torsional chassis Holy crap. Than, the, than the standard one. Um, it's a really cool. You can probably find pictures of it. It's it's a crazy mm. reinforcement in the back. It has thirteen inches of front travel, which is a sixty percent increase. It has fourteen Jeez. inches of rear travel, which is a forty percent increase. It has 13.1 inches of ground clearance, which is a little under two inches more than a Sasquatch on 35s. <laughs> okay. Full skid plates, four-door only, starts at $70,000. I can only get so erect. <laughs> That's insane. That's a lot. That yeah. is a lot. I, I didn't even know all of those things. I, I just knew that it looked... It I mean, it looks... Dang. It looks so good. It's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. What do you think the dealer asking price is going to be 
on that. Oh, a hundred and twenty thousand dollars minimum. I mean, I've, I honestly, I feel like it's going to be about one hundred and fifty. It very well could be. Depends yeah. on how much longer this insane market sticks around. I guess. Did you see to uh, either today or yesterday? Uh, Edmonds released an article that said that Ford was about to start selling the Explorer without specific parts yeah and would then install them later i've heard i've heard rumors of that on more models than just the explorer as well yeah i mean that's they oh also on my notes here ford halts maverick orders due to overwhelming demand yeah uh yeah they i i saw a number that they had produced and it was like alarmingly low yeah i i still like it's it still turns my head every time oh. I see one on the road. They're so sure. they're such great looking they, little they trucks. Do look I love really them. Really good. Yes, I like them a lot. I would I would like actually probably be interested in one. Like versus the Ridgeline is really the only other car. Well, okay, technically there is the Hyundai thing, the Santa Cruz, but Hyundai is having so many quality control ugly. issues right now. It it doesn't look anything like the concept car. The concept car looked brilliant. At the front. It's the the rear end's okay. The front end the rear is, is very fine. weird. The front the 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 difference is that the concept sorry the the difference is that the concept car was based on the um I want to call it the tiger nose front end that they had had for so long like the Kia style one almost yeah because the the, but, the Kias Kias are more well known for the the tiger grills that's what kind of the stinger has they updated the front end of the Hyundai's between the time that the pickup thing concept was released and its production and so it was released officially with the updated front end that has the stupid stupid Enormous grill integrate yeah grill integrated headlights and like yeah it's it's bad it it doesn't it does not look nearly as good as the concept no, does it's, it's terrible yeah i've seen a couple of them on the road i've seen one but yeah, I was not. The, the, happy sorry, about the it. the Santa Cruz is the pickup truck. truck? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen a couple of them on the road. Yeah. Uh, they don't look bad. We strongly disagree. That is exactly the opposite of really? what you said. Yeah, the rear oh. end looks fine. The front end, oh, I yeah. can't. Okay. I just can't. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. It's just the way that the grill, the grill just takes over the entire. It's like the way that Lexus has developed. Like a, I mean, just a. I feel like Lexus has it's when they first came out it was jarring and bad but like they've kind of figured out how to design the rest of the car around it so it's not as in your face anymore as like than it once was the real culprit now or offender now for me is BMW, BMW. with the beaver teeth oh, but Lexus so definitely bad. started to that trend and I don't think it's gotten any better. Maybe it's, my eyes just haven't gotten past it. But I think it's that whole generation of cars started going that way. Lexus was obviously the first main offender, but like just the way that cars have to be built now with with all the pedestrian safety crap, you kind of have do you, to. Do you remember when the Lexus R RX three fifty first came out? RX three fifty, their SUV. Yeah, that was the, the in like RAV4, the late nineties. The Rav Four slash Highlander. The RX three fifty is the uh, Highlander thing. Yeah, it's a front wheel drive based V six. So it would been an RX three fifty, or maybe four sixty. Hang on, the four sixty is the, the rear wheel drive based. the The LX four sixty is the is the Land Cruiser. The RX three fifty is. The like base base Lexus SUV that they had that was like a kind of a Rav Four slash Highlander hybrid. Yeah, it's like a V six Rav. It was a V six. It was front wheel drive based, and that was a good car. But that started 
that started production in like the late 90s, I think. I want to say those were around even before the 350. I think you could get those as like an RX 300 with a 1MZ in them. Oh, I'm pretty you sure. might be right. I yeah. think they're that old. I think old. That you're right. Yep. yep. Like 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. Because the GR didn't, the 2GR wouldn't have been around until like the late aughts. 2000 aughts, yeah. 98. Started yeah. in 98. For the which one? RX, RX, RX 350. Okay. So what about um, the RX 300? Oh. Uh, crap. Hang on. Or are you just looking at the RX series? I'm looking at the three. Oh, I guess just the three. Yeah. The RX series. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. The first generation RX 300 fitted with a uh, three liter V6 engine began sales in 98 in Japanese market. Anyways, when when this car first came out, here, anyways, I remember having or absolutely loving it, and yes, it was the three liter one MZ. Um, I don't remember who said that earlier. But it was like, it was incredibly technologically like, um, equipped. It had a lot of neat features. It seemed it seemed like it was a really good uh value for what you got for how much you paid for it. At yeah, the time. and I just I just think it was a really handsome vehicle. Yeah. You know, it's a good design. It was. Yeah. Do you know why you like it? So much. Why do I like it? It so was much? in Need for Speed Underground. Was it really? I'm almost positive really? about that. I don't actually, remember that. Now, that. now that we're talking about it. Maybe Underground 2, because the first Underground did not have SUVs as viable mm. vehicles. Okay. Now, I do, I do want to verify that uh, the Lexus was in Need for Speed, because I, I definitely remember that that car was playable in one of the racing video games that I was playing, and it doesn't appear to be Need for Speed, because it's not coming up. I think so there was maybe like it was the like the Miami Heat thing that I did at oh, Chuggy Cheese all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise in USA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sure you all have heard this one. Uh, Subaru has killed any chance of there being an STI based on the current or next WRX. There will yep. not be another STI for the foreseeable future that is at least based on the WRX. They're saying if they come out with a new, like, leading sports car it'll probably be a hybrid or a yeah sporty performance vehicle it'll probably be a hybrid or an electric vehicle yep that's what we're hearing i don't think the sti has been a sports car since like 2013 but that's true though here's the thing though with like with like the evo you they'd said hey we're gonna cancel it after this year we're gonna come out with some cool final editions where you know so now people who bought 2021 stis those cars are going to be worth eleventy bazillion dollars. Yeah. It, yeah. it is, I think, um, a unique thing that they did in in that. I guess they sort of intended to continue the STI as a vehicle, but all of a sudden they didn't. So, like you said, all of these twenty twenty one STIs that have been purchased and are in people's possession, all of a sudden they are very collectible. Yep. But neither were they like more expensive or more unique than any other one. Nope. So there's no like special edition or anything. Yep. Um that's kind of a shame. Yep. I don't think so at all. Because they're not being hoarded. Well maybe they will be now, they will be but now. they weren't. Like they were not all of a sudden all being bought up by the people who are just gonna stuff them in garages and like never drive them. One of my coworkers bought I think it's a twenty twenty uh STI white edition with like the bronze like factory bronze BBS wheels like mm. it is gorgeous nice and I've been telling like dude leave it alone don't touch it keep it nice he was like I want to do this and I was like no dude 
Keep yeah. it stock because it's going to be worth so much Keep more it money. Keep it safe. <laughs> exactly. That's right. But yeah, that car is going to be worth some bank. It's already worth bank, but it'll be worth even more very soon, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is also Subaru-related. Uh, Cobb came out yesterday or today and said they are discontinuing all of their E85 conversion flex fuel kits for all Subarus. What? Yeah, which is kind of weird to me. I'm not, I'm not sure I understand that's it's very strange. I feel like that's very, very popular. Yep. I'm very new to working on Subarus, but from what I understand about what the other people are saying is that Subaru has literally actively been trying to discourage aftermarket um, tuners and programming in any manner whatsoever. So like their, their in-car land system has been evolved continuously for the past five or six years for whatever reason in the sole attempt to uh, make it impossible for these tuners to uh, talk to their vehicles. I don't understand why. It doesn't make sense. And again, that's uh, maybe that's completely false. Maybe it's absolutely I th- unintentional. I don't but... think that's the reason why Cobb made this decision. I think it's more to do with EPA-related pressures. Oh, is my suspicion. Um, but maybe that also has to do with why Subaru has been doing that thing. Maybe. Um, but at the same time, like to my under, I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like E85 is a cleaner burning fuel than gasoline. Um, and also in times right now where fuel prices are crazy, yeah, why would you want to get rid of a product that allows you to run on a Be- cheaper fuel? Because not as many politicians are making money from it. Probably. Well, that's arguable because the whole reason they put ethanol in the gasoline to begin with was, you know, related to making profit for someone, subsidies and whatnot, or the... Mm-hmm. To produce corn instead of yeah, exactly. Things. It's it's that's a locality based uh, benefit, I think, to like specifically the Midwest or whatever, wherever the corn is grown. Well, it's that, but also it's it's causing people who would be growing like food or other useful things to be growing corn specifically for yeah. ethanol production, which right. is kind of disruptive. But this, you know, I'm but not it's making expert. all of those cities more money, I guess. I don't know. I'm no corn scientist, but no. you know, it's just it's just it it kind of took everybody in in the industry by surprise when that came out. This week. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Thanks for listening to the Beer and Backfire podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and Backfire. Uh, you can email us at the Beer and Backfire or ooh no Beer and Backfire podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at c.crehan for pictures of good food, ripped pants, and a really adorable, gigantic puppy. Uh, you can find <laughs> you can find Jordan as I am understeer. No, that's Steve. God damn it. You can find Jordan at the Daily Downshift and Pierce as uh, Free Candy Media and Savager88. Thanks.
Does anybody want another beer? Yes. Okay. Hey, Luca, get us beers. That would be a good <laughs> trick. I will be right back.